96.5 K298CO, Minneapolis. Fueled by Lucky Station. With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. President Trump is downplaying North Korea's recent missile tests, saying today they are not a concern for him. White House spokesman Sarah Sanders. Some of the activity that's taken place, as you can see from the president's Twitter, uh, isn't something that's bothering the president. He still feels good about the relationship that he has and about Chairman Kim's commitment that he made to the president. In an early morning tweet, Mr. Trump said, quote, North Korea fired off some small weapons which disturbed some of my people and others, but not me. Officials say two people have died after a likely tornado destroyed a motel and swept through a nearby mobile home park in the Oklahoma City area. El Reno Mayor Matt White said during a news conference this morning, quote, there have been two fatalities at this point in time. The search and rescue efforts continue. This is SRN News. Mike Gallagher doesn't understand the Democrat leadership. Listen, this is a tactic that the left is using and the Democrats are now employing. Double down, the best defense is a good offense. Rather than be on defense, I guess, Pelosi and company are figuring, let's go at them. The problem is they're doing it at the expense of those who suffered from the Holocaust. What a time. The Mike Gallagher Show, weekdays at 8 on AM 1280, The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. This month's book giveaway is our biggest yet here at The Patriot. Our May book of the month is Dennis Prager's The Rational Bible Genesis, and four listeners will win a signed copy of this new book, and one grand prize winner will receive a signed copy of both The Rational Bible Genesis and The Rational Bible Exodus, plus Dennis Prager's complete Torah. Register to win at the Freedom Fan Club page at am128thepatriot.com. High is 74 degrees, sunny skies on this Memorial Day Sunday, and we got the Brad Carlson Show of the Northern Alliance Radio Network starting right now. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T-3, 2, 1. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan, here is the closer, Brad Carlson. AM 1280 The Patriot. It is the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another edition of the broadcast. We like to call the closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thank you as always for tuning into the show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take your phone call at 651-289-4488. If you'd like to weigh in via Twitter, feel free to do so. Just use hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Hashtag NarnShow for any comments or questions regarding today's show content. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. It is a beautiful Sunday afternoon, Memorial Day weekend, of course. And tomorrow is a day where we commemorate those who paid the ultimate price to defend freedom and liberty in this, as Michael Medved dubs it, greatest nation on God's green earth. Uh, I know we uh, always take advantage of any holidays uh, we have to be with family and enjoy ourselves and relax, and uh, absolutely nothing wrong with that. I encourage that, but of course, uh, it is also important to remember what uh, specifically that day is signifying, 
And uh, we've got a lot to get to on the show today. We're going to talk quite a bit about freedom and liberty uh, starting at uh, 1.30 uh, with our guests, uh, Louis Denard and Tim Christopher of the African American Heritage Gun Club. We're going to be talking about Second Amendment issues, obviously, and uh, some uh, issues that these gentlemen have with uh, both uh, Democrats and Republicans in this state and how they feel that they have failed the black community. Uh, yeah, you're going to get some straight talk. Uh, I think that much is guaranteed, and uh, I've got two ears and one mouth. I'm using them in proportion uh, for this show, I can guarantee you this. Uh, but since I have no guests right now, I have to continue the spiel here. So I will uh, get to some other news from this past week. Uh, uh, we Now, if you would listen to last week's show, uh, I had on the broadcast Jason Flores, State Director of Air- Americans for Prosperity, Minnesota, and we were talking at length about the legislative session. And at that point, the legislative session was slated to end in about eh, 33, 32 hours. So basically late uh, Monday night, uh, technically mid uh, 12 a.m. Tuesday morning. And we pretty much conceded that there was no way there was going to be an agreement reached on a budget by the time uh, the session ended at late Monday night. It wasn't going to happen. We're preparing for a special session. It was just a matter of when it was going to take place, how long it was going to take place, which side would blink first. And I remember after Jason was leaving the studio here, I said to him, I said, well, uh, you know, we'll, we'll definitely keep in touch. We'll probably want to have you on during the special session because it'll probably take place late May, early June, uh, because it's going to take that long to maybe hammer out some sort of a framework of an agreement on a state budget. And then uh, we'll go from there. Well, uh, much to my now, much to my surprise, I was uh, well. First of all, I was already scheduled to appear on a friend of mine's podcast Sunday evening to record Sunday evening for Monday morning's release. And as I was waiting for him to arrive at the studio over in the western suburbs, I was sitting in my car, kind of scrolling through Twitter, when I saw that Governor Tim Walz, uh, Senate Majority Leader Paul Gazelka, Republican, and House Speaker Melissa Hortman, DFLer, had reached an agreement on the framework of, an, of a budget. I'm like, wait, what? And so I started to go through the, uh, they hadn't released any particulars at that point. So uh, the uh, Ben Cruzy, friend of the broadcast here and who hosts a, uh, the Up and Adam podcast, which I was appearing on, we quick ran to the studio once he arrived and opened our laptops and watched live press conferences uh, well, there was a live press conference given by the governor, the House Speaker, and the Senate Majority Leader talking about the framework they agreed upon. And then there was a different live uh, uh, press conference given by House Minority Leader Kurt Dowd and Deputy Minority Leader Ann New uh, expressing some dismay at the agreement. But I got to tell you, I was I was surprised because I well, first of all, it was the tweets were coming out. Kind of a uh, kind of a uh, sneak preview of what they were going to announce, and the Democrats were digging in on a twenty percent increase to the or twenty cent per gallon increase on the gas tax, which is about a seventy percent increase. And they also wanted about twelve billion dollars in total new taxes. And they uh, it was a there was a laundry list of other items. I know they wanted to try to put uh, forth a bonding bill. To, to uh, fund some infrastructure projects. And, oh, the big, the coup, de, uh, the coup de gras, of course, was gun control. They didn't attempt to bring up to a vote in the House any gun control bills. You remember the two gun control bills that they were wanting to bring forth, House Files 8 and 9. One was a background checks bill. 
that they said was only a background check on sales, which was misleading because it was actually also uh, covered f- transfers from one person to the other. So basically, if I loan you my firearm, I had to pay a fee and paperwork to transfer it. And then in order to get my personal property back, I had to pay a fee and file some paperwork. Okay. And there was also the red flags bill where, uh, or the red flag bill where a, uh, a judge could decide that, yes, this person seems to be a danger to himself and to others. We're going to remove his firearm from his home. Never mind due process. And never mind the fact that if that person is a danger, you're just taking their gun away. You're not taking away sledgehammers or knives or whatever else that could bring harm onto other people. But <clears throat> so all of that was on the agreement. There was no gas tax increase, no new tax increases. There was actually a middle-class tax cut where the second tier got a tax cut for the first time, I think, in 20 years, and there was uh, no gun control. And so I heard that, and I'm like, well, first of all, if you had told me Sunday evening before I was guest host of this podcast that all of that would be in place, basically no gas tax increase, no tax increases, a tax cut, and no gun control in the public safety omnibus bill. If you had told me that would have happened, I'd have said, uh, okay, if that's true, what is it that Republicans had to give up in order to get to that? Because the DFL controls the governor's office. They have a su- substantial majority in the House, whereas the Republicans only have a scant majority in the Senate. So they don't have a lot of power. I'm thinking, how in the world can a party that's in the position the Republicans are get those kind of acquiescences? I well, it turns out, and again, this was in the uh, this was in a Pioneer Press story that the pact, the agreement that was reached by leaders, uh, continues a tax on health care providers that Republicans wanted to allow to sunset, but the rate falls from two percent to one point eight percent. House Minority Leader Kurt Doubt said his members are unhappy the provider tax is not going away and will want to air their frustrations during the final debates. I think this is a failure of this deal, Doubt said. We are incredibly disappointed that this is the end result. So you have to ask yourself if the Democrats who have the majority of the power in St. Paul are willing to give up all of these items that they said were must-haves, including the gas tax, because the gas tax is solely dedicated to funding roads and bridges, except it's a regressive tax, so you have to be able to subsidize those people, uh, low-income families. So part of that gas tax is going to help subsidize low-income families. So by its very definition, it's not dedicated solely to roads and bridges. I don't agree But because that was a must-have for the Democrats, uh, why would they be willing to give that up? Well, uh, Representative Peggy Scott, another uh, friend of the broadcast, uh, she her reaction in the aftermath of this deal was uh, by not getting rid of the sick tax. They had D- DFLs paving the way for a funding mechanism for single payer health care in Minnesota. The Dems play the long game, folks. Don't be deceived. They were willing to let go of the gas tax and a lot of policy to keep the provider tax. They will continue to push their one care single payer plan. Mark my words. Sadly, the GOP Senate fell for it. So. As we were talking about on my friend's podcast last Sunday, you know this is a genuine compromise when everybody's miserable, okay, the members. Now, the leadership, of course, is going to put a good face on this because they're the ones negotiating the terms of the deal. So they've got to put a good face on it. I get all that. But uh, so the special session was finally called 
uh, Friday, and they worked all day Friday, and I think they finally adjourned uh, Sunday, Saturday morning with a uh, budget agreed to. It ended up being about a little over $48 billion. I know the governor and the DFL, they wanted close to $50 billion. Republicans wanted a little over $47 billion, and it ended up being about $48.3 billion. I'll read from uh, Bill Salisbury and Dave Oreck from the Pioneer Press. Uh, Republicans claim victory by staving off Governor Tim Walz's proposed gasoline uh, tax hike, but that was just one of a number of transportation issues the legislature took up. Here are a number of them. First of all, the gas tax increase. Minnesota drivers won't pay 20 cents more per gallon at the pump. The Republican-controlled Senate beat back the gas tax increase that Walls and House Democrats proposed. The DFL governor pledged to continue to push for a long-term guaranteed source of additional money for roads and bridges. Drivers also won't have to pay higher license uh, plate tab fees or motor vehicle sales taxes. And metro residents were spared a sales tax increase to to pay for transit improvements. Waltz and other House DFLers proposed these tax hikes, but Senate Republicans kept them out of the final transportation funding bill. No new taxes go to mass transit. The state will have an additional $275 million to spend on roads and bridges over the next two years due to growth in existing state taxes. GOP senators prevail in continuing to steer a portion of sales taxes collected on auto parts to transportation projects. Now, if I can interject something here, this was the point of contention that was taking place during this, this session. Is Republicans are saying, you're, you're, you're asking for a gas tax increase. You're asking for a total of about $12 billion in, in new taxes, a bloated budget all the way up to $50 billion, yet the last surplus we had, or the last budget projection we had, I should say, at the end of last year showed that there was going to be a significant surplus of close to a billion dollars, and the most recent tax, uh, the revenue collections far exceeded projections as well. We have enough money without raising taxes. There's no reason to do this. And I guess the DFL could no longer ignore these facts. Plus, when you have the Star Tribune, okay, which isn't exactly a conservative rag, coming out and saying that Tim Walz's, the governor's tax proposals himself, his that he has put forth, would actually impact lower-income families the most, that's when you know, okay, um, maybe we're going to have to dial it back here a little bit. So, yeah, I, I understand that the DFL was willing to give up a lot of things in order to keep the provider tax going. I get that part. But also, they weren't exactly having the best PR uh, in making a claim for higher taxes. I mean, citizens are always reluctant to pay higher taxes. I mean, certainly a lot of non-wealthy people are certainly advocating for wealthy people to get dinged more. That much is for certain. But not everybody wants to pay pay their, their uh, own way, so to speak, or not everybody wants their taxes to go up. They already feel like we're being overtaxed. Okay? So when it's heard that the governor's tax plan would actually hit the lower-income families the worst, provided with the fact that we have these surplus, this budget surplus that was projected again at the end of last year, plus most recent revenue collections show that they were higher than projected. I don't see how the Democrats could have spun this in their camp. So I think eventually they they, uh, had to raise the white flag and they weren't getting the normal PR from the media that they they, uh, have a tendency to enjoy. So uh, this session, 
uh, is in the books. Again, no gun control, but a lot of the gun grabbers, they're going to make a push for gun control again in the 2020 session. But here's one thing to keep in mind. All 201 legislators are up for election, or all 201 legislative seats. Obviously, there are some current legislators who aren't going to run for re-election. But all 201 legislative seats, 134 in the House, 67 in the Senate, are up for election in 2020. So given what we've heard right here, a lot of campaign narratives have already been set. So uh, this... 2020 session, yeah, it's going to be all about positioning themselves for uh, for the 2020 elections. And depending upon how the 2020 uh, ele- uh, session pans out, that's really going to drive a lot of the narratives for the campaigns. And again, there's been a budget agreed to here. So uh, it's an, it, obviously the 2020 session is going to be a non-budget cycle. There's, so there's not going to be any kind of shutdown that could be used as a weapon against one party or the other. And so they avoided that here, too, because they had to come to a budget agreement by June 30th, which, again, by yesterday morning, they uh, they agreed to a budget. So uh, 2019 in the books, again, when you're in the position Republicans are in, having only one chamber of the legislature, and that is a scant majority in the Senate, uh, I'm not going to say you know we should be excited for this, but... If you'd have told me there would be no gas tax increase, no other tax increases, an actual tax cut, and no gun control, um, yeah, I think I would have taken that deal for sure. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow, hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. Varicose and spider veins. What a gift from my mom. She had them and I got them. Not only are they uncomfortable and sometimes painful, but I stopped wearing skirts and shorts because I was embarrassed and hated the way my legs looked. When my kids asked, what are those things on your legs? That was it. I finally went to Vein Clinics of America. The doctors at Vein Clinics of America have been treating vein disease for over 35 years. They're the largest and most experienced vein treatment center in the U.S. The best part is, Vein Clinics of America is coming to the Twin Cities this spring, and most insurance is accepted. So if you have tired, swollen, and painful legs, or suffer from embarrassing varicose and spider veins like I did, you can now get world-class treatment for your legs right here in the Twin Cities at Vein Clinics of America. To learn more about location openings, call 800-593-4411. 800-593-4411. That's 800-593-4411. Your first year of Christian school is half price through TwinCitiesTuitions.com. If you see public school as a negative influence on your child's faith, it's time to make a change. To find out more about our half price Christian school tuition program, visit TwinCitiesTuitions.com. Message and data rates may apply. Please don't text while driving. If you've been in business more than 20 minutes, you've probably printed your logo on all kinds of promotional products. We all know logos work because they're on everything from the top of skyscrapers to the bottom of shoes. Ever wondered why or how to best use your logo to grow your business? Let us show you today for free. We're 4imprint, promotional product experts at your service. 
We're giving away the latest issue of Amplify, the digital magazine that reveals promotional product success stories absolutely free to everyone who texts BAG11 to 88988. At 4imprint, we make your logo look perfect on thousands of promotional items. With our 100% guarantee, it'll be right the first time, on time, every time. Your free e-magazine will reveal invaluable insights that can attract new customers, build your brand, and grow your business. Get the latest issue of Amplify absolutely free by texting BAG11 to 88988. That's B-A-G-1-1 to 88988. Get that Rack Shack attack, Rack Shack barbecue. Are your retirement accounts going the wrong way or the right way? Join us at Online Trading Academy for a free investing class by dialing pound 250 on your cell phone. Use keyword OTA or go to learnwithota.com. Welcome back, EM 1280 The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. Country music singers. This is me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning in. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag Narn Show, hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. And as always, thank you for tuning in on this uh, Memorial Day weekend. Beautiful Sunday afternoon, by the way. Uh, I've got an appointment with the lawnmower, although I am kind of debating about maybe asking the neighbor kid if he's available to mow the lawn because i got a neighbor kid who uh, offers his lawn mowing services. Uh, so I may I may end up doing that. Uh, yeah, he could be had at the right price. Uh, well, he he well he's uh, he sends out a flyer with his rates, so I know he can. You think yeah. he might charge a little bit extra on holiday weekends, though? That's certainly something to that. And you know what? I might be willing to pay it, although hopefully he's not listening because I just kind of tip my hand. I kind of give up maybe a good bargaining chip. I don't know. I'll, I'll decide. It's uh, Of course, uh, getting to be, you know, I just turned the big five zero, so I need to get as much physical activity as I can, so mowing the lawn may Happy help Happy birthday, that. by the way. Thank you very much. Yeah, this past Friday, I, I got to tell you, the 50s are off to a great start. They really are. So, uh uh, we appreciate it. I want to get to, uh, we've got a short segment here and before our guests uh, come on the broadcast. So I do want to get to a story that kind of stood out to me and one that I've been talking about uh, in general. Well, I guess the genre of sports and politics intersecting is something that I've talked a lot about on the show because I, I, I'm, a, I'm a sports fan. I'm not a big fan of politics, even though I have a political talk show, but let's be honest, politics are a part of life. And, you know, if it, whether you want it or not, want it to or not, they're going to impact you. So it's best to try to stay well versed in what's going on. So obviously, whenever sports, culture, politics intersect, those are the stories which I have uh, tremendous interest. And Jim Garrity, the National Review, linked to an LA Times story which uh, stood out to me, talking about how ESPN is trying to get more and more out of the politics business because, of course, they have a lot of their commentators kind of delve into the political realm. Again, this is from Jim Garrity's piece at the National Review from this past week. Uh, does it seem you hear a little bit less about political controversies in the sports world than you did a year or two ago? Do you find yourself grumbling at your television? Uh, I just want to enjoy watching the game less frequently. Well, today's L.A. Times profiles ESPN President Jimmy Pitaro 
who took over running the network in March 2018. And this is from the LA Times article. Uh, Pataro has also satisfied ESPN's more traditional fans by steering commentators away from political discussions on air and on social media, which heightened during President Trump's criticism of NFL player protests against social injustice during the playing of the national anthem. Without question, our data tells us our fans do not want us to cover politics, Pataro said. My job is to provide clarity. I really believe that some of our talent was confused of what was expected of them. If you fast forward to today, I don't believe they are confused. So continuing with Garrity's piece, uh, this does not mean that political controversies are gone completely or will never return to the sports world. Some members of championship teams choose to not attend ceremonies at the White House. The political comments or tweets of collegiate or pro athletes will continue to generate controversy for content-hungry sports media. But some of the most politically active sports commentators have moved on to other things. Jamel Hill has moved from anchoring the 6 p.m. Sports Center to writing for The Atlantic. Bob Costas departed NBC Sports after 40 years. And Keith Olbermann is not the media force he was. <laughs> uh, Keith Olbermann media force, that's a good one. Uh, anyways, uh, sorry, uh, where was I? Oh, yeah, and Keith Olbermann is not the media force he once was. He's now grumbling that M- MSNBC's Rachel Maddow and Steve Kornacki have not shown enough gratitude towards him. So... There you have it. That's that's uh, an interesting take on that. My my thing is, yeah, there was a lot of politics interjected into sports, but I, you know, in this day and age, can you really get away? Can you really get completely away from the political aspect of sports? You can't. You can't. I mean, I'm sorry when you know, and a lot of people point to when Colin Kaepernick knelt during the national anthem, and people kind of. Uh, misconstrued the issue they said it was a it was a show of uh disdain for this country and it was the exact opposite a lot of athletes knelt because while we talk about memorial day there were a lot of men and women who paid the ultimate made the ultimate sacrifice so we could have the freedom to speak out against our government without retribution from the government and that's exactly what a lot of these players were doing now there were some things that they brought to the forefront which i disagreed with but that's all part of this. You can disagree with them on their specific issues, okay? But they are allowed to have those opinions. Well, how is ESPN going to ignore that? That was obviously very much part of the game where you know the, the athletes were making this stance, the statement, so to speak, for the game. And, of course, you also have issues with, you know, when there's gun violence. And, obviously, the Second Amendment is brought into it. And then you have these... Uh, media types come on and say, you know, we really need to take a look, stronger look at the Second Amendment. I don't know. And so it's really hard to look at it from that, to, to separate the politics out. But to say that ESPN was suffering solely because a lot of their personalities were delving into politics, that may be part of it, but it's not the whole, I don't think it's the whole story. You look at it, from a standpoint of what are a lot of people doing today for their entertainment consumption? Okay. They're indulging in Netflix, Hulu, Amazon prime, whatever. I mean, YouTube even has paid programming. Now people are cutting the cord and it could be myriad of reasons. One, they say, well, ESPN just doesn't give me what I want anymore. Or, you know, why am I paying all this money for cable or for the dish when what I really want, I can get online. You know, on the internet. 
I, I can get everything you need there. So to say that it's solely because of the political aspect that people are deciding to uh, go away from ESPN, I don't think tells you the whole story. And I can only speak for, for me personally. When I watch ESPN, they have a great 30 for 30 documentary series, which is terrific. I love it. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. Oh, I mean, it's you have different uh, profiles of different athletes, uh, legendary sporting events, whatever. I love that stuff. That's the only reason I've watched it. I, I can't remember the last time I sat down and watched a whole episode of Sports Center because for my cable TV package, I have MLB Network, I have NFL Network, NHL, NBA TV. I've got all that stuff. So if I want to see something about a specific sport, there's a specific channel already tailored to it. So I don't really need to watch ESPN and sit through, no disrespect, college lacrosse highlights in order to wait for the scores of the latest Major League Baseball games. I mean, it's just, that's just something that doesn't interest me, college lacrosse. Again, no disrespect to the lacrosse players or fans <laughs> or soccer. Okay, I, I understand soccer's big here now with the Minnesota United Football Club. That's great. Doesn't interest me. All yeah. right? Right, and the thing is, too, is that I think the idea of those highlight package shows is just not really appealing to like people my age anymore because – I'll admit, when I want to watch a Twins highlight, I don't go to, like, MLB Network even. I don't go to ESPN. I go to the MLB app, and I watch, like, the recap of the game itself. Sure. And, you, and like, if you go on Twitter, too, they have highlights right away. This oh, has yeah. kind of created, like, uh, a, not a need for a show like this anymore. Plus, I just, I, I don't know. I, I kept watching ESPN up until, like, a couple years ago. I, I don't know what it was specifically, but it just, I stopped watching it. It wasn't like, all right, I'm done with ESPN. There wasn't a particular moment. I was just, it kind of just faded away from me. It's strange. Yeah. And, and again, I think a lot of these shows where you get panelists just kind of screaming at each other constantly. I mean, you can go to you can go to any of the political news channels yeah, yeah, and see yeah. that, and people just don't want that sports apparently. But I, I, I just, I guess my point is, is that if if ESPN is saying, "Look, we're getting out of the politics business," you know, come back home. I don't know that that's going to have the dramatic effect that they think it's going to. It's kind of maybe past its shelf life. Who's to say? But we'll keep an eye on it for sure. Six five one two eight nine four four eight eight is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow, hashtag NARNShow. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back with one another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. Policies issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. Do you have a family? Would you like to help make sure they'll be taken care of if anything were to happen to you? If you answered yes, you probably need life insurance. Now, do you think life insurance is expensive? If you answered yes to that, too, you definitely need to give AIG Direct a call. We could find you a quarter of a million dollar policy for just $14 a month, which means you could save hundreds of dollars a year. Call us now for a free, no-obligation quote. 1-800-930-2646. Since 1995, we've helped millions of people find out if they could save up to 70% on their term life insurance. See how affordably we can help you protect your family. Call AIG Direct now for your free quote. 1-800-930-2646. You could save up to 70%. That's 1-800-930-2646. 1-800-930-2646. Hi, my name's Christina Stumble, and I own Farm Girl Flowers in San Francisco. With my Spark Cash Card from Capital One, I earn unlimited 2% cash back on all my business purchases. Last year, I redeemed $115,000 in cash back. Yeah, $115,000. And that doubled our digital marketing budget for the summer. Thanks to my Spark Card, we had our best summer yet. Imagine what the Spark Card from Capital One could do for your business. 
What's in your wallet? Real Capital One customers pay for real stories. Credit approval required. Did you know that 45% of consumers look at your online reviews, comments, and feedback to decide if they want to do business with you and your company? I'm Nick Anderson, General Manager of Salem Media Group Twin Cities, and I want to introduce you to Salem Surround, the next generation answer to digital marketing for your local business. Salem Surround can help your company get the most out of their online reviews and reputation. Call Alyssa for more information at 651-289-4406. Social Security is with you through life's journey. Get to know us at socialsecurity.gov. We are there, day one, with baby names and a gift that lasts a lifetime. We are there as you grow, protecting you and those you love. We are there when you get your first job, helping you to save for the future. We are there when you marry your sweetheart to help secure your new life together. We are there if the unexpected happens, to help you see life from a new perspective. We are there when you start your next chapter to make sure you get off to a great start. And we are there when you lose your soulmate to help make sure you will be all right. We are with you through life's journey. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. Get to know us and see what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Welcome back, AM 1280 The Patriot. It is Northern Alliance Radio Network. Me, Brad Carlson, the closer. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also reach out via Twitter. Just use hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show with any comments or questions. As always, we appreciate you tuning in. As the uh, legislative session has ended as of yesterday morning, and one of the big aspects of the session that we have been following certainly were House Files 8 and 9, the uh, uh, background checks bill as well, as well as the red flag bill that the uh, Democrats were digging in their heels and uh, the public safety omnibus bill passed this past session with no gun control. We live to fight another day, but the eternal vigilance is, well, eternal, as it were. And uh, joining us to talk about uh, the Second Amendment as well as myriad other issues we're honored to have on the broadcast right now. Uh, Louis Denard is the is it president or chair of the president, president of the African-American Heritage Gun Club. He is joined by Reverend Tim Christopher, and if you are a Second Amendment advocate, you have undoubtedly seen Reverend Christopher's testimony before the House Judiciary Committee two months ago, where uh, I guess the basic tenet of the video is Reverend Christopher was looking for them to give a damn. So, uh, Reverend Christopher, Louis Denard, welcome to the broadcast, an honor to have you gentlemen on today. Thanks for having us. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. And as we were talking a little bit about the uh, start of this segment, uh, certainly that is uh, some good news. No gun control in the public safety omnibus bills. And the one thing I didn't understand, Louis Denard, is you've probably heard this number. I know, Reverend, you have as well. Ninety uh, percent approval rating for these uh, particular bills. So I guess the question is, why didn't they take a stand, a vote on these standalone bills on the House floor, Louis Denard? Because I did the math. <laughs> The it's Star, simple math, yeah. Star Tribune's per, it was based on a Star Tribune uh, poll. So Star Trib has a, a paper circulation of 144,000, online presence of 55,000. We're a state of 5.6 million people. Doesn't add up. <laughs> simple math. Even yes. if they all agreed. Right, right. Well, and again, uh, the the House has an overwhelming majority of the DFL, which was the, 
they were largely pushing these uh, gun control bills. Never got a vote on these standalone bills. I guess that would have probably been a quite the public relations blunder if they didn't pass out of the uh, out of the House. Now, uh, Reverend, this is something I know you address these specific bills. I alluded to your testimony before the House Judiciary Committee a couple of months ago. Um, you were very adamant that uh, these bills were going to do nothing to stem the tide of gun violence in communities that you're that you're very active in. Oh, that's true, and 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 I pointed that out and showed them exactly why they would not work. Yeah, like say you take the red flag bill. Mm-hmm. Well, in order for that red flag bill to work, you have to basically tattle on somebody or tell mm-hmm. that something that is going on. Well, just like I explained before. Um, they will not work in the black community because we don't snitch. We don't mm-hmm. get protected the same way you do in a Burnsville. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Like you go and you tell on someone, and the next thing you know, you got four or five gang members hanging out in your driveway before you even get home from the police station. So if you're not going to protect me, and if I call the police station and say, hey, I've got these guys in my driveway that you want to arrest. They're going to ask a simple question. Are they doing anything? No, but they're in my driveway. I can't go outside. I can't do anything. Mm. Well, we can't do anything until they do something. There's no reason for us to tell. Okay, so if if you're going to pass a bill, do something for everyone. Number one, they say, well, well, what would you have done, Reverend Christopher? First thing I would have done, I would have passed the bill to make sure that if you sell a gun to a gang member, mm-hmm. you go to jail. That seems common sense to me, yeah. Right. And that's never in any of these bills? Uh, no. <laughs> they, okay. Wait, wait, no, 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 no. They don't even prosecute it now. It's a gross dis- misdemeanor if you sell a um, firearm, and if, if it's used within a crime in the first year, it's a gross misdemeanor, and they don't uh, prosecute those in the county. Right. And I, and I know the one the one big issue that uh, a lot of folks had, looking at the red flag bill in particular, uh, if someone, say, you know, is deemed to be a harm to others themselves. Maybe there's some mental illness issues. They have to go in and, and take their firearm. Uh, no due process. No chance to speak in their own defense. Uh, you know, so much for the Fourth and Fifth Amendment, Reverend Christopher. Right, and and, and, that, and that's not right. Not only that, but but as I read this these bills and realize that um, I'm going to have to go to court and pay it out of my pocket, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's not it's, it's it's a civil matter, not a um, it's the other one, not a municipal matter. Yeah. Okay. So 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 I've got to pay you because you made a mistake, and my mu- something's not adding up. When when they put these bills to paper, I don't really think they thought about what they were doing. I think what what it was is a democratic Democrats needed a win mm-hmm. to pay back. All those women out in the suburbs who wanted to protect their kids. And I understand that. Look, I've got a grandson mm-hmm. right now that just started kindergarten. Okay. And 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 God don't ever let anything happen to him, I say. Mm-hmm. Because if they do, they're going to be sitting there going, you know, wow. Everybody, you know, like everybody else, what happened? But I'm not going to blame the gun. For it, I'm right. going to bring the policies and the people who are making these laws. Can they keep these kids safe? Oh, yes, they can. Yeah, and they know they can. They just don't want to do it. So they decided to say, well, you know what? Let's go off of what Bloomberg says because he's got all the money mm-hmm. and he's funding every town. He's fun. Gabby Gibford came to town. 
mm-hmm. floated into North yes. Minneapolis. I remember like this. Right? Night. And never once did she invite a person of color to the table. Not one time. Had she done that, we could have easily said, this is how we can protect your son. This is how what we can do about suicides. Mm-hmm. That's easy also. Look, if you leave, if you're an irresponsible gun owner and you leave your guns out to where someone can get a hand on them and they shoot them, you go to jail. Right. See, here's the problem. They don't want to start putting the right people in the right place. You're a gang member. We just had four shot last night. That, that's not counting mm-hmm. Friday night, right? Mm-hmm. It's not counting the four that was shot Friday. Where's the mm-hmm. four that was shot. that? You, where's, get, where's mom's a man? That'd be a crime wave anywhere else. Right. Well, and, and, and I, I'm glad you brought this up. You know, you talk about Gabrielle Gifford. She, so she actually went into to North Minneapolis. Yes. Okay. Uh, that's a lot farther than a lot of these uh, folks that wear the creamsicle colored T-shirts. They go in uh, by the Stone Arch Bridge and protest gun violence. And, of course, my colleague Mitch Berg on these very airwaves has asked, why aren't you going where the actual gun violence is? And that's, that seems to be an issue, too, uh, Louis Denard. Yeah. Well, the problem is... You know, they come to town and they just get their yes men. They surround themselves with yes men. Um, right. How are you going to tell me to get gun control under control in my state where New York State, California, Arizona, the home of these guys that want all this gun control, they have more gun deaths than we do. And in some, some of their cities or counties have more gun deaths than our entire state. But you coming in, you coming into Minnesota telling us how to take care of our business here, take care of your own house first. Now, Lewis, obviously, being a big Second Amendment advocate, you're 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 well armed with these statistics, so to speak, and that how gun ownership and permits to carry have increased in Minnesota, say over the past couple of decades, whereas actually the violence has gone down. When you show people these actual statistics, yet they're still advocating for these particular for this particular legislation, what are they not seeing here? What how do they respond to that? The only one stuff that's going to make the headlines, the only the only one the things that's going to sell newspaper mass shootings sell newspapers. They get the yeah. advertising time. They get all the splash and everything, and then they treat these criminals like rock stars. Mm. Um, you know, all these mass shooters, draconian um, treatments for them. We have a we, yeah. When we have a strict policy on, on on these airwaves, anyways, any of these mass shooters, whether you know, I mean, name any high profile one that has taken place over the last few years, their names are never mentioned on these airwaves for for that very reason because they're they're. I mean, it sounds crazy, but it's true. There there are a lot of copycats out there. They get glorified by this. Absolutely, they do. So uh, your organization, the African American Heritage Gun Club, kind of flies in the face of uh, the uh, media narrative that's out there that uh, a lot of these uh, people that like to own guns are just these uh, white racist rednecks. Uh, kind of flies in the face with an organization with the name African American Heritage Gun Club. Lewis so we like going to places just busting up the narrative. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rev's our um, vice president of community outreach. I like so it. So he's, yeah. he's got his finger on the pulse of other cities so we go places and you know people assume oh he's on our side okay. mm-hmm. all right we got to got a speaker and then when we start talking about we support the second amendment their jaws drop what's what's wrong i'm like yeah i like guns too what's wrong i'm ex-military <laughs> i've been handling guns for 30 years why shouldn't i like guns right, right you know i'm a hunter you know sometimes you know it's been some times where that venison has really supplemented the uh the income. I like it. Yeah. Or lack thereof. Right, right. So I guess um, I get to know you gentlemen a little bit. Obviously, there's a lot of issues we've got. And we've got plenty of time to discuss. We want to get into that. But uh, let's get to know you gentlemen a little bit. Uh, 
Lewis, you kind of gave your biography a little bit here. Uh, Ex-military, is that where you really, uh, I mean, was your uh, history or your, I guess, um, enjoyment of firearms, is that where it kind of started? I mean, kind of give your background. I never handled a a firearm at all until I joined the military. Oh, really? Okay. My grandfather was a hunter as a kid. Okay. You know, I tell people when they had the great migration from the South, they left their guns in the South, and they didn't bring that hunting tradition Ah, with them. Okay. So I had no guns in my house. My daughter grew up with guns in her house because I was a hunter. Sure. But there was that generational gap to where we didn't touch, we didn't even talk about firearms. Uh, Reverend Christopher, same question. How is it that, uh, I mean, obviously this is a, uh, a situation that you're interested in from uh, obviously trying to keep the guns out of the wrong hands, but uh, keeping them in the right hands. How did you uh, kind of become a big Second Amendment advocate? Well, I, I basically, I'm from Memphis, Tennessee. Okay. So, you know, guns was always around my from the country uh, with my grandfather seeing guns. And then, you know, we moved off and then I got into, you know, deeply in the church and then listening to the Democrats tell me I don't need them. Mm. But then when I start seeing other people who uh, don't use their gun to hunt venison, Mm -hmm. it's to hunt other things, walking around with guns, I said, I've got every right to protect myself. I mean, I haven't done anything wrong. I'm a law-abiding citizen. I don't have no felonies or warrants. Don't even have parking tickets. So I decided to go and... um, um, apply for my conceal and carry, and, and away it went from there. And then, you know, I meet uh, Lewis and uh, got with those guys, and, and it just bloomed from there. I have a, uh, I have a guy I call him my gun guru. His name is Stuart. Okay. And uh, uh, Stuart looks like uh, Grizzly Adams in the wintertime. <laughs> okay. And, but he, he's, he's an awesome, awesome guy I like that, it. Uh, that I, I get to deal with and hang out with. But that's pretty much how I I got into guns, and then as uh, as it keeps going, I thought you know maybe you just get one. Mm, okay, I was wrong. Like these <laughs> potato chips, <laughs> can't have just one. Well, again, we are uh, honored to be joined uh, this hour and uh, next hour by Louis Denard. He's the president of the African American Heritage Gun Club, and uh, Reverend Tim Christopher, uh, minister. Uh, would you like to say the name of your church, Reverend? Berin Missionary Baptist Church. Okay, I didn't know if you wanted to keep that low profile. Or no, not, no, okay. I, I always throw uh, um, the name out there because that that's where I do all my work and and fantastic. Sort, yeah. And uh, we'll take a break. We'll be back with one final short segment this hour and then pick it up on the other side of the 2 o'clock hour. And we're here to take your phone calls as well. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow, hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Back with another segment coming up on the broadcast. Go nowhere. AM 1280, The Patriot. So, along with everything else you have to do day-to-day running your business, you're trying to manage your digital marketing and social media. It's a lot of heavy lifting. How can you compete? Well, first, lighten the load. Get in touch with Salem Surround. We take the mysteries of digital marketing off your shoulders and deliver customers so you can run your business. 
To compete in today's business world, you must utilize every digital marketing tool possible. But who has the time to research, learn, and access all the options? Our team at Salem Surround has the expertise to manage all your digital marketing under one roof. It's easy, and there's no heavy lifting. Get started with a free evaluation of your digital presence and some great ideas to increase your online visibility and revenue. There really are no limitations on how and where you can reach customers with Salem Surround. Total market penetration for increased ROI. Learn more by logging on to surroundmsp.com. Surroundmsp.com, connecting you with new customers. Varicose and spider veins. What a gift from my mom. She had them and I got them. Not only are they uncomfortable and sometimes painful, but I stopped wearing skirts and shorts because I was embarrassed and hated the way my legs looked. When my kids asked, what are those things on your legs? That was it. I finally went to Vein Clinics of America. The doctors at Vein Clinics of America have been treating vein disease for over 35 years. They're the largest and most experienced vein treatment center in the U.S. The best part is, Vein Clinics of America is coming to the Twin Cities this spring, and most insurance is accepted. So if you have tired, swollen, and painful legs, or suffer from embarrassing varicose and spider veins like I did, you can now get world-class treatment for your legs right here in the Twin Cities at Vein Clinics of America. To learn more about location openings, call 800-593-4411. 800-593-4411. That's 800-593-4411. As leftist waves of false accusations, radical policy, and fake news continue to crash on shore, it's up to us to prevent our American values from eroding away. Join us in keeping the Twin Cities right and welcoming to town our newest on-air host. Dive in. Dinner and discussion with Dr. Sebastian Gorka is a -a one-of-a-kind event at Minnesota Zoo's gorgeous Discovery Bay, a unique space surrounded by a million gallons of water full of jellyfish, sharks, and all sorts of sea life. Immerse yourself in intelligent conversation about the heated 2020 presidential race, Dr. Gorka's time on staff at the White House, religious liberty, and much more. Dive in. Dinner and discussion with Dr. Sebastian Gorka arrives at port on Saturday, June 15th. This is an exclusive event, and seating is limited. Swim over to am1280thepatriot.com today. My pain with his fingers, singing my life. Welcome back, AM 1280 The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. With me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. Have one final short segment this hour, and then we'll be back the 2 o'clock hour with our guests. Louis Denard, president of the African American Heritage Gun Club, and Reverend Tim Christopher, a minister at Brian Baptist Church in North Minneapolis. Talking Second Amendment issues, of course. And a myriad other topics that we promised to get to in the 2 o'clock hour. So one final segment this hour. Um... We talked a little bit about uh, sort of the DFL is driving a lot of these gun control bills. And uh, now this is just to emphasize, uh, you've obviously been disaffected by a lot of the things that DFL has done. But uh, Republicans, while they're maybe on the right side of this issue, uh, Tim Christopher, you've talked about before, uh, there's still a lot of work for them to uh, to reach out to your people as well. And I, I've that's been a complaint of mine as well, is that uh, we haven't been the best at outreach. Um, no, not at all. Uh, we just went to a Republican dinner. Right. Where... I saw this, yes. Yeah, so they brought in... Candace, Candace Owens. Owens. Mm-hmm. Um, Judas. 
I don't know <laughs> if if they. It's not re- one of the seven bad words, Lewis. It's okay. Yeah. So so and <laughs> here is why I say that if if the Republicans were to wake up and start saying, you know what, let's just play nice and come out to some things that the African American put on, come out to the community, talk to a few people. I think that will make. A huge difference. Now, I'm not saying that that people are going to be jumping over there in droves. Sure. Don't get me wrong. But you can't bring in someone who you're going to sit there and say that there is no more racism anymore. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. To make you feel good Mm -hmm. and then expect black people to come over and vote on your side. Right. I think she needs to tour Memphis. Uh, No, I I, I invited her to my church. I gave her my car. I saw this. I, I said, here you go. When you're ready to get real and you want to understand what you are doing, come see me. How did she respond to that? She 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 told me point blank in 2020 when she comes back here. Okay. She will come to she will speak at my church. Okay. And 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 like I said, I'm not bringing her into a hostile environment. Right. I, and I, just like I told her. But what I want you to understand is the damage that you are doing. Not only are you doing damage to the black community, but you're also doing damage to the white community. And I couldn't figure out for the life of me what I felt about that situation. Then I realized something when I watched the movie a couple nights ago. You ever watched Help with with uh, that, that movie Help with, with the maids, the black maids? No, no. Doesn't sound familiar. Uh, I have, actually. With, with, uh, you have? I have, yeah. yeah. Now, you ever seen that part? There's a part in the movie where... where uh, um, Ola Davis is getting fired. Oh, okay. So, I'm familiar with it, but I haven't seen it. Yet. Okay, so she goes to this this white this little white girl who, mm-hmm. who's screaming that she didn't want her to go. And she said, Do you remember what I taught you? I taught you that you're kind and you're smart. Right then and there, that's what reminded me of Candace. Mm. She's praising this little white girl to pick her up. And that's what Candace is doing to the Republican Party. Okay, I I mean I I agree with the the philosophy that look the Democrats don't own any demographic of voters. They still have to earn everybody's votes. They can't just say, well, we've got ninety to ninety five percent of the African American vote. We're good. They're going to continue to vote for us because where are they going to go? I, I agree with the philosophy that hey, they don't they don't own our community. But the idea that she's coming in and trying to gloss over. Still very legitimate issues within the community. Uh, I agree, Reverend Christopher. That's a problem. We just had a situation in Chaska. Mm -hmm. They're they're handling a situation of racism right now in the state of Minnesota. So she can't come in and do that. But let me bounce off what you said. And I'm sure Lewis is going to agree with me. Uh, The Democratic Party has taken the black vote for granted Mm -hmm. over and over. And the bad part about it is I I, I look at it as like, a bad boyfriend. Mm. Democratic Party is a bad boyfriend to us. They come and they beat us all week. And all of a sudden when they need votes, they come in and they, they soften everything up and they, they, they promise us something. So this year is reparations. So all the black people are running around, we going to get a reparation. No, you're not wow. getting reparations. Getting, getting more of the same. You're getting to get more of the same. It's a carrot every single year. They do this here. Last year, what was it? Donald Trump was the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I don't agree with anything. 
Donald Trump. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll be flat. I know I'm on your show, and I, but I'll tell you. But Donald Trump, but Donald Trump was, isn't, isn't the problem. We, we've had this problem with the Republican Party way before Donald Trump. Sure. So I don't know why people are running around, Donald Trump, Donald Trump, Donald Trump. Every movement needs a boogeyman. That's right. Mm-hmm. So now, now it's, well, going into 2020, I'm going to give you reparations. And we buy that stuff. We, we go nuts over that. They're going to give us something. When I got to Minnesota, I had $38.50 to my name. I've never asked for anything. I've never went to the government. I've never had a, a, a peace offering from the government. Everything I've done, I pick where I'm at right now, where my wife and I are at right now, we did this together. Okay. You, you can't keep looking for the government. Calvary's not coming. No, no, that's absolutely right. Uh, again, we have about a minute to go in this segment. Uh, uh, again, honored to be joined by uh, Louis Denard, president of the African-American Heritage Gun Club, and Tim Christopher, uh, Reverend Tim Christopher, also a member of that fine organization, as well as the Minnesota Gun Owners Caucus and minister at uh, Brian Baptist Church. Uh, again, we got about a minute. Uh, do we have a phone call? Uh, I thought we saw a phone call. Well, anyways, if there is a phone call, we'll have to take it in the next hour. Uh, definitely a lot of issues to get to uh, in the uh, in the second hour, I definitely want to continue this discussion about Second Amendment rights, the 2020 campaign issues that are coming up. Because let's be honest, uh, uh, with all the 2020 campaign has already started in earnest uh, after uh, the most recent Congress was inaugurated or installed last January. And uh, we're also here to take your phone calls at 651-289-4488. If you'd like to weigh in via Twitter, feel free to do so at hashtag NarnShow, hashtag N-A-R-N Show. That's our number one in the books, folks. Our number two coming back in mere moments on the broadcast. You're not going to want to miss this. Feel free to stay tuned and uh, give us a call. Send us a tweet, whatever. Closing time. Open all the doors and let you out into the world. Closing time. Turn all of the lights on. Hello, I'm Alexander Green, Chief Investment Strategist at the Oxford Club. We're one of the oldest financial clubs in the nation with more than 140,000 members. And our audited track record shows we're one of the few groups whose recommendations have outperformed the market for the last 20 years. The reason? Our approach is unique. We ignore the mainstream financial media. We don't listen to politicians. And we really don't care about analyst rating. Those things are a waste of time. There's only one thing you need to know to do very well in the stock market, and that is find great stocks with breakthrough products, record revenue, and very happy shareholders. With that in mind, I've just uncovered my highest rated stock of the year. It's a company that brings in more revenue than IBM, Facebook, and even Google, and they're set to create 50,000 new jobs right here in America. And yet, the stock is available for just $3 a share. Go to OneStockRetirement.com to learn more about this opportunity. Again, that's OneStockRetirement.com. Maybe you'd like to know what exactly Relief Factor is. It was created by doctors. It's a 100% drug-free supplement with four key ingredients that simply help your own body deal with the natural inflammatory response that it has. It's easy to swallow, four little capsules in each packet, like the packet that I carry with me at all times. Three packets a day for a week, then two packets a day for two weeks, and I have just described the three-week quick start. And you will know in three weeks, that's the beauty of it, whether it works, they don't drag you on. That costs just $19.95. There's a very good chance that a very serious percentage of my listeners suffer from some sort of muscular or joint pain. You should try this for $19.95. That's all you can lose. 
If it works, they will send it to you automatically. If it doesn't work, tell them not to send any shipments, and it's as simple as that. It is all at relieffactor.com. I've been using it for years now. Relieffactor.com. I'm Jan Markill, helping you understand the times. In each of those missions, the task that I have is informed by my understanding of my faith, my belief in Jesus Christ as the Savior. More than halfway through President Trump's term, the liberal media can't seem to wrap their minds around an administration that doesn't see faith as a disqualifying factor for employment. In fact, President Trump loves to appoint people of faith. The New York Times can't accept Mike Pompeo's faith background, his Bible reading, and his concern for religious liberty. These factors are reasons he's apparently unfit to serve as America's top diplomat. Our Secretary of State even believes in an imminent rapture. Surely this disqualifies him from serving in such a position, at least according to the leftist media. For more information, listen to our weekend program on this station or anytime at olivetreeviews.org. AM 1280, The Patriot.